So this is the gospel according to John, the 11th chapter. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus. Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So, though Jesus loved Martha, and loved her sister, and loved Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, Jesus stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then, after this, Jesus said to this, the disciples, Let's go to Judea again. Jesus' disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews, the Judeans, were just now trying to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of the world. But those who walk at night stumble, because the light is not in them. After saying this, Jesus told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to Jesus, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he's going to be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about Lazarus' death, but they thought he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I'm glad that I was not there, so that you may trust. But let's go to him. Now Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go with Jesus, that we might die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. <clears throat> now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the, the Jews who had come to Martha and Mary to console them about the brother. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. 
Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who trust in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and trusts in me will never die. Do you trust this? Martha said to him, Yes, Lord, I trust that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately that the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when Mary heard it, she got up quickly and went to Jesus. Now, Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out, they followed her, because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, Jesus was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Couldn't he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a, a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to Jesus, Lord, already there's a stench because he's been dead for four days. Jesus said, her, said to her, Didn't I tell you that if you trusted, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may trust that you sent me. When Jesus had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and who had seen what Jesus did, trusted in him. The Gospel of the Lord.
Praise to you, O Christ. Now, I'm kind of amazed um, at what, how Jesus was able to do what he did. I mean, not just uh, raising Lazarus from the dead, obviously, but more than that. His whole sense of uh, balance and uh, calm, sense of rooted in his own purpose, doing what he had come to do. I, mean, I was just in Florida with Sarah and the kids, and I know the anxiety that I had because I was away from you. Not just away from home, but that I had this feeling of I should be doing something. I'm not doing enough. Now, don't get me wrong. We had a, a great time at the beach. We were able to go. Um, even though the world was shutting down around us, we actually had a nice, fairly open beach, and the kids loved the sand and the waves and everything. So, so I was able to wrestle with that message and come to a sense that that message of I'm not doing enough was a false message. Jesus seemed to already know that as soon as he got the news, as soon as he got the message that Lazarus was ill. He didn't seem to struggle in the same way that I felt like I was struggling when I was in Florida. I mean, the truth is that when you rest, you are investing in your own generosity. When you take a break, when you do nothing, you are making it possible for you to give even more, for, for you to be able to give with the spirit of generosity that will make your gift a, a real gift. I mean, maybe you'll remember the other story about Mary and Martha. This one, Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet and Martha is busy and distracted by her many tasks, trying to host uh, Jesus and all these people and blah, blah, blah. She's angry. She's bitter. She's resentful because of that. And Jesus, when she complains, says, Martha, Mary's chosen the better part. An invitation to us to rest. Let yourself rest in this time of pause. I mean, the other thing that I kept wondering when I was in Florida, did we make a mistake? Was it a mistake to come here at all? And that doesn't seem to be a question that Jesus asked himself either. Am I making a mistake by not going to Lazarus? You know, he trusted that um, what he had to offer and when he had to offer it was the right thing. That's not a faith that I have all the time. And so I just marvel at Jesus. And so I don't know if you have that same feeling, that fear that you're making a mistake with how to handle coronavirus, with how to deal with your family, your children, now that you're all at home together. Am I making a mistake here? Maybe you had those fears earlier. I just invite you to let go of that. You've heard me say lots of times that worship, just like the life of faith, 
is about participation and not perfection. You just lean into that. You participate in this life and especially do your best to participate in the life of the Spirit with you. And just remember that you really don't know, I don't really know, how things are going to turn out. What seems like a mistake today might end up tomorrow looking like exactly the right thing. And even more than that, the thing that we do know is the power of God to turn mistakes into beautiful things. We have a, a book at home that uh, the kids sometimes like to, to read. It's called A Beautiful Oops. It's about uh, creating art out of uh, crumpled up paper and uh, ink blots and coffee stains. But the truth uh, for our lives is even bigger and deeper. You know, God wastes nothing, a friend of mine once told me. God wastes nothing, not even sin, not our mistakes. Just rest in that in these days of uncertainty. There's so many decisions that we will not know, maybe never know, if we made the right call. But whether we took the right path or the wrong path, Jesus is waiting for us down both of those roads. Jesus will find a way to bend those roads back to the Lord. And the last thing, you know, the last question that I have when I read this passage, maybe you have it too, is, so why did Jesus not go? Why did he wait two days? Maybe you noticed in the children's version of this story, they actually changed the story a little bit. You know, in John, Jesus got the message. He decided to stay where he was for two days. The uh, children's version just sort of smooths that over a little bit and says, oh, he was traveling. He just couldn't make it. Jesus made a, a choice not to go. And that might seem so strange that isn't God a God of love? Isn't Jesus um, full of compassion? Why stay away? Maybe that same question that some in the crowd had. You know, couldn't, couldn't this Jesus who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Couldn't our God who is so good and so great have protected the world from this coronavirus. I mean, hopefully you're not sick, and hopefully you will not get sick, but maybe that question will come to you in the coming days because someone you love becomes ill, maybe deathly ill, maybe you yourself will be ill. Where, where are you, Jesus? You promised to be with us. After sitting with this story a while, and not honestly after living life for a while, I've come to trust that what Jesus was up to here, he wanted to show us the whole arc, the whole trajectory, for us to see the biggest possible picture. That's why he stayed away. For your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. Jesus told his disciples, so that you might come to believe, so I can show you something. 
our uh, universal Christ practice groups are on a little pause right now. Uh, but in the very back of the book, uh, The Universal Christ, there's some appendices. And so if you have the book, feel free to look up this section. Richard Rohr talks about uh, three boxes. You've got uh, life, death, resurrection, or in, uh, in uh, secular language, order, disorder, reorder. What Martha and Mary and, and the crowd, what they were wondering about, and even what comes to me when I ask, why did Jesus not go? Is so often we, like them, want to stay in the first box. We want to stay in order. We want to stay with the life we know. We want to stay, stay there. And we want God to be the barrier that keeps us from going into death, into disorder. We want God to save us by keeping us in that box. I think what Jesus came to show is all of the boxes. Jesus stayed away so that Lazarus, he could raise Lazarus and show us the movement from life to death to resurrection. So that when we came to the disorder moments in our own lives or the, that box of death in our own lives, we could trust that there's more than one way out of here. There's not just going back to the way things were. There's a forward. There's a new life. There's hope ahead of us. I was just talking with a friend of mine uh, last night, and she talked about it this way. She asked the question, are you going to let this time be a hole or a portal? A hole, meaning you're stuck in a hole in the ground or a portal, meaning a window, a door, a passageway forward. As I've been checking in with St. Paul people this week, I've heard a lot of us talk about how this time already, as, as crazy and scary and uh, <clears throat> upside down, it seems that there has yet been that portal, that way forward, so many gifts. It's a, it's a time to recenter, to reorient, get back to the things that matter most. These are the things I've heard you say. A time to really spend time with family. I have to, I have to tell you that um, here, a, a virtual happy hour, that's a term I learned uh, in the last few weeks. That's uh, getting together with your friends online with Skype or Zoom or, or what have you, and all just being together. The last three nights in a row, I've had the chance to connect with friends that way, who I haven't talked to in such a long time. And why weren't we doing this before? I don't know. Maybe because we were so busy? It's hard to say. But here is the, the possibility that exists in this time of anxiety. That we can be in this place of, of creativity. You know, honestly, when I get back, when I got back from Florida, I was really feeling that 
I, I'm not doing enough feeling. And that, I'm not doing enough feeling would just, you know, I was waking up at three and four in the morning, I was trying to get some work done and send some emails and be in touch with people and make plans. I ran myself ragged. I mean, it was just as, I just sort of imagined the, the humor of seeing Jesus finally come back to uh, Lazarus and Mary and Martha, and now he's cleaning their house for them and organizing the, the potluck meal delivery and, you know, all these things. I mean, I was over-functioning. You can underfunction when you're anxious. Do too little. I was doing too much. I was running myself ragged in my anxiety. But after I had a chance, actually, to do that first Facebook Live, maybe you saw it on Monday. I talked through a little bit this gospel reading. I just came to realize what a creative time this could be and how there were so many other ways of doing things than the way we had done them before. And that, that along with how often I now get to play games with my kids and see these friends I haven't seen in a while, um, has helped shake me loose so that I can see that there is a deeper invitation I mean, even if what our fear is, is death. Death for people we love, death for ourselves. Just invite you to open that fear up to God because even the Psalms, in another Psalm, the Psalmist says that, that wisdom, ask God for the kind of wisdom that is teaching us to number our days numbering our days in the sense of valuing the time that we have right now. Is what I'm doing now worth, worth it? Is it serving me? Is it serving others? How could I serve myself and others even more deeply? What would a, a way that I use my time now could be a resting even more in love? a giving even more of love. With that sense that this all really does matter, this life matters a lot. So in the week to come, there's lots of ways to connect um, with St. Paul and with me. Um, and I invite you to just take a moment to imagine all of the people who would be sitting around you in the pews, the people behind you, in front of you, beside you, pick up the phone and make a call. Or maybe you, like the young folks, can uh, make a pen pal, send a letter, send a message. The opportunities to go deeper are so many. And just invite you to keep using this time um, well listening for the Spirit of God. I mean, leaning into the stillness, trusting that God is God right now. God is God. God is the one who moves us from life through death and to resurrection. There is no death without resurrection, said Archbishop Oscar Romero. So hold on to this. While this time of death may simply be 
boredom and loneliness and disconnection, anxiety about the future, um, even when it may get more serious for us. Just hold on to the fact that Jesus brings life out of death. Jesus will do more than just help us keep our lives the way they are, but will help us find the portal, get out of the hole, and find that, that new life that Jesus came to bring to all people. Thanks be to God.